Welcome to What Nightmares Are Made Of. This is T. And I'm Marty. Yay, we're back again. Sorry we've been MIA. It's been a long hiatus, we're sorry about that, but with everything going on in the world, it, it was kind of hard to record. Yeah, and I mean, I had to adjust to the whole online schooling to finish my degree, finally. Um, so, yeah, there's been Congrats, a lot T. going on. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but there has been a lot going on with um, this whole pandemic. So I hope everyone is sanitizing their hands, washing their hands, Lysoling everything, and wearing their mask. <laughs> um, and staying six feet apart. Yes, but hey, we can't control everybody. So just keep it in mind, people. Keep it in mind. Um, anyways, other than that, there will be a few updates with our podcast since... We can't really go to the movie theaters. So we will be watching <laughs> most of our stuff either on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime um, until we can finally go back to hopefully some normalcy. Um, and I don't know. I think that's about much of our updates. So we're kind of kind of going to be substituting some things as well since we can't really travel, go look at haunted locations or any fun weird locations um we will be doing some of the locations that we've been interested in and um pretty much just doing other stuff like conspiracy theories we're adding that into our podcast now so just let us know if you like it we're trying to do our best to keep you guys entertained as much as we can so yeah yes so for tonight what we're going to start off with is actually a haunted location that I've been interested in for quite some time since I saw the picture of it. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of it, but it is called the Demon House. Have you heard of it, Marty? AKA <laughs> Uh No, actually, I, well, I... Kind of, like, I, I didn't really, like, look into it or read about it, but I remember seeing, like, little articles here and there, but not really looking at the, at the story. Yeah, I don't know if any um, of you ever came across the picture that had, um, it's a white house, and there's, like, a tree right next to it, and it has quite a few windows on it, um, and right in one of the in, windows. it's in Gary, Indiana. Yeah, it's in one of the windows, uh, you can actually see, like, a man standing right there. Um, it's kind of like a foggy, sh not shadowy figure, but it's kind of like a, a misty, I guess, um, uh, form um, right by the window. <laughs> and actually, the picture was taken by the, the police department in that area. So this location is actually located, like Marty said, in Gary, Andi Indiana, um, which is in the U.S., obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and it was owned by Latoya Ammons, and her mother, Rosa Campbell, and her three children actually lived in that home. Um, if I pronounce the last name wrong, I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm not very good at pronouncing names. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this situation occurred back in 2011, in November, and... Um, this house is actually located in 3860 Carolina Street. Update, it is no longer standing anymore. Um, 
and I will tell you guys in the story why it's no longer there. But anyways, so the first few days that the family had moved in, uh, they claimed that everything seemed normal until a few days later, they started having situations with black flies swarming the porch. And I mean, this is in December by this point. And I mean, if y'all know, I live in New Mexico, which is very, very cold um, during those times in December. Our flies actually start dying off probably by the end of August, beginning of, you know, actually no, like by the beginning of September, going into October, they're pretty much gone. We don't have flies anymore. So uh, they were having situations with these flies in December. And Indiana, I'm sure, is way much colder than in New Mexico. It snows, obviously. Um, and so they were trying all they could to kill these flies. They put traps, obviously, all this good stuff. But they kept coming back and back. Yeah. And they just, it just, it was, I know how flies are annoying because the flies we have here are called um, cow flies. So they're, they get in your face. They don't know boundaries. So this is pretty much from the description that I read. This is kind of what was going on with them. Like it was just swarming. Like these flies would just not go away. They put traps, etc., and they just kept coming back. Um, later on, but it um, doesn't even it, it it doesn't even stop there. It doesn't even stop there. Apparently, um, yeah. the, the daughter said that she levitated. She levitated off. They would hear doors creaking. They said that um, the daughter had no like no memory of certain events. The son was thrown apparently across the room by an unknown force. It was tr- all this crazy stuff was going on. Yeah, like for instance, there's the one situation where um, Latoya's mom, Rosa Campbell's initially started hearing footsteps in the basement and doors creaking. Later, she alleged that she witnessed a shadowy figure of a man pacing in the living room and found a boot print. Campbell claimed she was shocked by the unknown force. So this is the thing that a lot of people were like, oh, this is not real, this is all fake. But later on in the situation, it got so severely that Latoya actually got her kids taken away from her because at one point one of the kids was just having issues coming you know with bruises and etc um it got so bad you know like they were having a lot of paranormal situations even possessions from what i've read um and at one point the family reached out to a physician called jeffrey oneyoku or i'm sorry if i can't pronounce it Um, This was back in April 2012. Um, He visited the house and he noted that there was like a lot of delusional behaviors with the family and it was affecting the children. And they pretty much said that Latoya and her mother were both crazy. So they ended up taking the children away because they also noticed a few little, like I said, bruises and situations that were just not as they would say it was good environment for the children. So they ended up taking the children away. Child services came, took the children away. Um, and so it was just like a very hectic situation. Um, they said that they believed the children were performing for their mother, you know, and that they were making it up as well. Um, the kids were acting irrational. Um, someone, uh, someone from this office that, you know, with the doctor 
had actually contacted police department and said that the older boy was described as acting rational while the younger boy was screaming and thrashing. So that's obviously another situation of why the children's services was called in. Um, and when that happened, they had a situation um, where the police department and also child services um, reportedly saw one of the children walking up the wall backwards. Um, and the 37-year-old or 37-year police captain named Charles Austin believed the paranormal activity occurred in the house. And that's when you see, like, I don't, I, I'm sure a lot of you have seen this picture is that the picture that was taken outside of the house was actually taken by the police officers that were there, you know, and they knew this was like a severe situation. Um, I'm sure a lot of you also heard of the documentary Demon House by Zach Bagans and his group. Um, they also reported that at like the hospital the kid, one of the kids levitated, you know, and it scared everybody there. So the the activity that was witnessed there has been seen by child services, police officers, and hospital people that they, nobody, like they say at one point in the documentary, the cop says, we saw something there that we all don't know how to explain it. And it's something that has scared his officers. You know, and it's pretty chilly and creepy because you there's situations where you actually don't get a lot of police officers or medical personnel actually come out and say, yeah, we saw this. We saw these things. There's something we can't explain, et cetera, et cetera. So this apparently is there's 200 in, the, like, in that house, too. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting because this is one of those cases that you say, wow, this was witnessed by a lot of people, not just a few. It was witnessed by different people from different backgrounds, I guess you can say. So it was interesting to see the documentary and also read about it and all that stuff. Um, Zach Bagans did purchase the house for, I believe, $54,000 from LaToya. And they went into that documentary Um there was a situation where Travel Channel didn't want them to show too many things. I don't know if it was like a weird thing that I guess production didn't want or they witnessed things that probably shouldn't be shown on TV. I don't know. They never explain it. But anyways, <laughs> um, Zach Bagans purchased <laughs> the house, stayed there for the night. They did hear a lot of noises. They heard a lot of voices. Um, obviously some that sounded very demonic. Um, and to the point where at one point, Zach Bagans actually had a situation where his eyes started hurting very bad. He went to the hospital and they told him he had some type of situation with his eyes that he had to get surgery. And it was because he says that he remembers seeing somebody like a shadowy figure. And then all he remembers is his eyes hurting really extremely bad. One of his other um, people that hold the camera, I don't know what it's called, cameraman, there we go. He had a situation yeah. where he felt somebody grab his hand and that his hand like hurt and burned. He later on um, moved on from Ghost Adventures and he ended up tattooing 6-6 on his hand, which is really creepy. Oh, like 
they they say that this guy pretty much just became a different person um from the yeah. documentary from the things that i've seen and read um he just became a completely different person so zach ended up after that whole situation he had with that house he was like nope nobody can live in this house so he literally bulldozed it down so it no longer sits there there's nothing there a priest did come before the house was bulldozed did come out and he did say there is a portal here that's bringing bad things it's not a good thing it's bad um so latoya ended up selling it to zach and she moved on with her kids to a different location and Zach decided to just bulldoze the house down. So it's no longer there. I mean, the plot of land is there, but the house is gone. So for <laughs> any of you who live in Gary, Indiana, unfortunately, I'm sure you all know, but unfortunately you cannot lo- longer go and see the house. It's completely gone. <laughs> so that's kind of yeah. a, a bummer, you know. Um, but it's interesting story because, I mean, a lot of people did see this whole thing you know and to the point where the family even had to hire a father to come and bless it and perform an exorcism but unfortunately i guess whatever was there was stronger than i guess even a priest blessing it so yeah that was interesting to me so now we're bringing it back to marty (laughs) all right so we only got to see two movies so far yeah. And it's above, as above, so below, and Trinity Buffet. So, as, a, as above, so below, I actually saw it in theaters a long time ago. Yeah. And for some reason, I still remember, I still remember a good part of part of the movie. And I just remember it being, like, you know, very dark, I remember. I remember we went to go see it, but I seriously, when you told me, oh, we should do a review about this movie, I was like, I don't remember it. So I had to rewatch it because I didn't remember it until I finally got into like the middle of the movie. Then I was like, oh, okay, it's this movie. So yeah, it was interesting. Sorry, Marty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like, I don't, like, I don't know, like the, the whole, the, the, the whole catacomb things have like, I, like, it just interests me a lot. So when I saw they were making a movie, a horror movie about the catacomb, I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. And apparently, like, you know, like, like, it is open to the public, but you just can't go all the way in from what yeah. I, from what I read. Because yeah. you can get lost and there's, there are, there are cases of, of people going missing. So, I mean, I wouldn't advise. I mean, from what I've heard, in. what I've heard, I don't know if this is true for, for whoever has gone to the actual catacombs. Let us know about this. But I've heard that you can't even go by yourself. You have to have a tour guide take you in and show you around and it's only a partial part of it i would never do it because i don't like being underground and just creeps me out because i'm afraid it'll collapse on you and, and you're gone pretty much but i have being heard, too. and i have heard that some people have reported feeling like touches or you know stuff like that or they've heard whispers and stuff like that in the actual catacombs so it was interesting to see them make a movie out of it the thing that kind of interested me a little bit was the fact that the beginning of this movie is very, very similar to that of The Exorcist, if you've noticed. Because we yeah. see in The Exorcist where they're excavating like an old church or something like that. And in this one, they're kind of doing like, you know, hieroglyphs and, 
you know, kind of things like that. And you see the girl go to one point. Spoiler alert, by the way. Um, go to a Middle Eastern country. And she tries to, like, look at this statue. And look at the hieroglyphs that supposedly tell her where a certain jewel that she's been looking for is at. You know? So that was kind of mm. interesting to see. That kind of gave me the Exorcist movie vibes right there. Um, the storyline of the treasure and the magical stone thing seems a little bit childish. Kind of like gave me Harry Potter vibes on that part. <laughs> um, I was like, I was just ready for her to get her wand down and say, with Guardian Leviosa, you know? And <laughs> it never happened. So I was kind of like bummed out. No, I'm kidding. But... <laughs> on the serious part the character she is so annoying and she is you can tell this girl is obsessed obsessed with whatever she's trying to look for it got on my nerves i kind of wanted to slap her a couple of times but um it seemed like once they pass this weird people singing it's like it kind of transfers them to like a whole different dimension kind of thing i don't know if you noticed that like they were going through the perfect spot. They were, like, walking. They knew where they were going. And then all of a sudden, they passed that group of singing witches or <laughs> I don't know what they were. But, like, it transferred them to a whole, like, different dimension, parallel world. Um, like, a mirror of the above world in a way. But it was, like, underground yeah. type of thing. Which is kind uh -huh. of what, you know, what the whole title is, as above, as below. Or, as above, so below. Um, and that kind of creeped me out. <laughs> and, and it's playing off of their fears, too. A lot of things that happen, it's based off whatever their fears were, you know, or yeah. or the guilt that they have with them. Um, and it was actually, it was actually filmed in the catacombs. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I, it was filmed. I thought so I'm a little bit of a nerd. Um. If you guys don't know, I'm a history major, so we're kind of taught to research a lot. And I actually researched about where it was filmed. It was filmed in the actual catacombs. And a lot of the time, the actors were spending so many hours, like 13 plus hours, in the catacombs that when they would come up during daylight, their eyes really hurt. And they would usually just come up for lunch, eat really quick, and go back down. So that seemed pretty gruesome and pretty tough job to do um so props to them for doing that um the movie seems to have like a ghost story type of feel but also a bit of a hell zombie-ish conspiracy theory and parallel world vibes that it gave me because at one point we have some weird zombie looking things but then at some point we see some like weird demonic on ghouls. yeah like at the end like we see demonic ghouls and stuff like that yeah. So that was interesting. And you saw a lot of like little ghost figures passing by behind them and they would turn around. There was nothing. Then they would look back to what they were doing and then it would happen again. And all of a sudden, whatever it was, ghosting would jump at them. Um, So there was a lot of jumping parts. So if you guys don't like jumping parts, this not might, might not be your thing. Um, And there was a lot of, like I said, jumping. It made me feel claustrophobic. Did it give you that vibe of claustrophobic? Yeah. It's kind of like <laughs> kind of like the, the descent too. Yeah, and then like it was just like weird and the ending. The ending left me feeling like did they enter the world they were in back again or did they enter the 
parallel dimension. Oh, that's a different one. Yeah. 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 That's the same vibe too. Yeah, it left me feeling that way, and I was just like, "Ooh, I don't know if I would have gone back into the world or not. I don't know." But then you don't want to stay in the bottom either, so you're kind of like, "Shoot, what do I do?" Like, you're kind of broken up. So that was what I thought of that movie. It was. If I had to give it one to ten, I'd probably give it like a seven. That is my point of it. Same. I give it like a, a seven, seven or eight. Yeah, because like the vibes they gave you when we first saw the like I remember watching the trailers. Now that I've watched it, I kept thinking, is it gonna be like a ghost story or what is it gonna be like? You know. Yeah. And there was a lot of like. A lot of like imagery, and you had to pay attention to every detail. And I feel like for some people, that's not very, very good. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like not a lot of people pay attention to detail. So that was kind of like, uh, turn off-ish for me. But yeah. other than that, it's a good, decent movie to watch. I probably would have never paid for my ticket if I knew how bad it was. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> if you're at home right now with quarantine and everything that's going on, go ahead and watch it. What more could you do other than just sit on your bed exactly. and eat some veggies or fruit? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. So now, which one is the next one, Marty? Train to Busan. Holy shit. This movie. Okay, so it's basically a zombie movie. But it's it's like, okay. I know I'm not the only one that felt this way, but did anybody get kind of anxiety every time there was, like, a zombie attack? Because I just felt like the zombies were just, like, so fast. Oh, yeah. They were so quick to react, and, like, the whole but time, like, the oh, other like holy shit, if I was in this situation, I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, do you feel like it was kind of close to, like, World War Z, or was it, like, more different? I actually haven't seen that one. You haven't. So okay, yes. you guys. So now you know what we're going to be reviewing next time. World War Z. <laughs> because this one hasn't watched it and he calls himself no, a horror fan. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I don't know if that even falls in horror because it has Brad Pitt. And I mean, come on, Brad Pitt's kind of like the romance and like the action guy. And it was kind of weird to see him in this movie. But anyways... I, on my other hand, I thought, it kind of reminded me, um, how can I say, like, like, it kind of reminds me of what we're kind of going on, I guess, because, you know, our situation kind of happened, like, kind of not, like, overnight, like, it just happened so quickly, you know, we were thrown into quarantine, so it kind of gives me those vibes, I'm sorry, you guys, (laughs) but I have to admit, I think I like korean zombie movies a little bit more than american because they're more like more like they keep you on the edge of your seat you know Mm -hmm. probably because i'm kind of over the whole walking dead and you know all those shows they've made and i kind of feel like ugh, another zombie movie and the this (laughs) korean one was like ooh, like it kept you on your edge you know and it was it was funny because like there's some parts where they show us some people don't trust their government. And I'm like, huh, that sounds so familiar to what we're going. And then at one point, like, we had those people who were like, oh, they have it. They have it. They're going to infect us. And they were turning people against each other, you know? 
Um, yeah. Which, let me tell you, karma bites him in the butt really bad. True. <laughs> I like that they take the starting of the zombie attack a little bit more different than what we would see in American zombie movies. I feel like they didn't really give us a whole entire like moment to kind of like dwell in these people's lives. It was kind of more like, boom, zombies, you know? Um, so that was interesting to see because I feel like with American zombie movies, they kind of make us dwell in their lives a little bit more. Um, yeah. The older businessman, spoiler alert for some of you, the older businessman, oh my gosh, he was so what an annoying. Like, I was like waiting for the day that somebody would like be able to punch him really good, which they did a few times. And then Karma, Karma was good. He at got the killed. End. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, at the end, like, Karma bit him in the butt. Um, I was always worried for the pregnant chick, though. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like, she's carrying this baby and the zombies are there. So I, I kind of was like nerve, a nerve wreck for her. Um, and the little girl too. But man, that little girl cried a lot. She was getting on my nerves. On the ending though, when her dad, when her dad basically like, you know, get, he gets killed off and for 30 seconds, I'm like, holy shit, like, and made it all the way this far just for that to happen. I know. And it was so sad too because he like literally sacrificed himself and like you know they were they were close to like you know surviving and he literally sacrificed himself for his little girl you know and at the end it kind of breaks my heart where spoiler alert again um they're literally walking you know down that you know uh train tunnel you know and yeah you can literally like hear her singing and it's just so sad it's like because that's the song that she had practiced so her dad could have seen her singing in her um what was it her little was it like a singing recital or something like that yeah like a recital yeah so that was kind of sad for me and then it's crazy how obviously in every movie you have that crazy homeless guy who literally, like, was telling everybody, like, hey, there's a zombie, a, a zombie apocalypse happening, and no one believes him. And he turns out to be the sweetest person ever, and then he, yeah, not a very good ending for him. Sorry, spoiler alert. No, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, if I had to rate it 1 to 10, I think I'd probably give it, like, an eight and a half, nine maybe. Um, it was actually pretty good. I liked it. Mm -hmm. I gave it a 10 out of 10. I really, really, really liked <laughs> it. I, I like them more, more than, you know, the, the, the zombie movies that we get over here. Yeah. And, I mean, I have to admit it's better than U.S. zombie movies. I yeah, think. definitely. But, yeah. Anyways, so, that was our reviews of those movies, you guys. We are now going to be entering our conspiracy theory, which is a new topic we will be talking about. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's a new topic we added because, I mean, it's kind of been difficult for us to go sightseeing and seeing all these locations that we can talk about. So we thought we can bring in a little bit of conspiracy theory into our podcast since we're technically mm -hmm. nightmares. So nightmares include everything. <laughs> uh, anyways, so we're going to be starting <laughs> off with the Denver airport, which has been a thing that I've been interested in. 
Yeah, and apparently it's built by the New World Order. Nobody knew that. That's apparently what's happening. Supposedly, it's it's built by them for the elite, of course. Um, and but not. We don't know. We don't know. But this is just conspiracy theory, so don't come and attack us. Anyways, <laughs> it was built in 1995 as a replacement for the Stapleton Airport. It's near Denver which is like 45 minutes away from the city. It is believed that the, that there is a secret tunnel, like secret tunnels underneath the airport for some type of like bunker, like they have bunkers down there and it's for all the elites mm. to prepare them for the end of the world pretty much. Um, and also, I guess it's well, the way that it's built, it's supposed to look like a swastika from above. Yeah. I actually haven't, I actually haven't Googled it but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to Google it later on. Just to see it for I, myself. I actually Googled it to see if it did. It does not look like it. I was actually... Oh, it? No, it does not. I was actually there um, at the beginning of this mu- of September um, when I was flying back home. And I did not see where they have the murals and stuff because it's all where the, you know, you go get your luggage. And I was just getting a connecting flight and I only had an hour to walk all the way across to the other side to get to my um, area where I had to fly out of. Um, so I didn't get to see it, but I it is a very, very beautiful airport, I will admit. Um, I don't know where the tunnels are, but there is tunnels and you actually can take one train from one um, area of the airport to the other area of the airport. Um, because they have like three different buildings and you don't have like, you know how, I don't know if you've ever been to the Phoenix airport, but they have like, you know, connecting little, like, um, I don't know how you would call it, like bridges, I guess you can say like indoor bridges that you can walk through to get to the other side of the airport. And I seriously did not like understand this airport for a second there because they have a tunnel that that has a train that leads you from one side of one part of the airport to the other side so i don't know if people are talking about those tunnels or they're talking about other tunnels underneath it um but anyways i didn't see any creepy stuff i didn't even get to see a lot of the stuff but it always has interested me so maybe next time i will get a flight that's at least three hours so i can explore it because it is a very big airport it's pretty airport for sure um so another thing they say that some people believe that the airport has connections to the nazis um and secret societies um, it is believed that the airport was built by the New World Order, order, like Marty says, and has some type of Nazi connections with it. Um, the theory goes that so far as to say that the airport run, runways are built to resemble the swastika. I googled it. The, the, the runways did not look like the swastikas to me at all. Um, but maybe someone can maybe show it to me later on and color it in so I can see. But when I Googled it, it did not look like it it might for some people. Um, anyways, um, there is a great (laughs) blue horse sculpture. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, apparently it's a Nazi horseman of the apocalypse, right? 
according to from what I looked, where I saw, it is called Blucifer, <laughs> which is a very interesting name to give a fucking horse. <laughs> but I can see why some people would call it that. Um, some of them say it's kind of like a sculpture that was made for, you know, this beautiful airport to have a meaning to whatever they're saying, the whole Nazi world order uh, connections, etc., etc., and that pretty much it has a meaning to kind of like the apocalypse. Not sure. But anyways, here's the information on this thing. So apparently it's a ginormous thing. It is 32 foot big fiberglass sculpture that was built by the artist Luis Jimenez. Um, It is located along Peña Boulevard, which is, I guess, the main road that you get to to get to the airport. Um, So I didn't get to see it, you guys. I was on the backside of where, where that statue was. Um, people point out that the statue has glowing red eyes as a nod to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So these lights on, or glowing, yeah, you can call them glowing red lights in the eyes are literally lit up from day to night. They, they never go out. Um, Jimenez actually died, the artist who built this, literally died two years before the piece was completed when a piece of the statue fell on him and severed an artery on his leg. Some oh, pe- crap. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. And a lot of the murals that you see on, like, where the baggage claim is at, um, a lot of people say that one of them shows disaster, um, kind of like the end of the world type of thing. But it's, yeah. it's not literally the end of the world. It's more like... You know, just the war type of thing. But a lot of, like, the soldier that's in one of them actually looks like an old, I would say, like, 19, early 1900s to, like, the 1940s soldiers, Nazi soldiers, you know, because it has a gas mask. The uniform looks very similar to that of the Nazi uniform that was used during those times. Um, So I can see why people resemble it to the Nazi you know, communist type of thing. Um, and it is creepy um, mural. I've seen pictures of it. I didn't get to see it in person. Um, and it has like a white dove at one point that's being stabbed by the soldier's knife. Um, and the children, there's like children and they're running and screaming and stuff like that. And the other one has um, the children all like smiling and singing and dancing. And then you see two doves and you know, the world seems to be, like, kind of rejuvenated. So from what I understand, the artist meant to make these portraits as, you know, going from something bad to being something good. Like, you know, we have to go through hardships to, you know, be able to have a beautiful ending type of thing, which is weird to me. Yeah. Because when you see those pictures, it, it doesn't give you that feel, you know? Um and like I said, the the murals are close to the baggage claim area, and um and these murals were actually made or painted by Leo Tanguma, which it, um some believe that it's Nazi imagery of you know pretty much the end of the world type of thing, um and that's pretty much what I found on information of this whole 
Denver, Colorado airport. It's interesting. It's different. Um, it's creepy. But like I said, I didn't get to see the imagery. But what I did see was very beautiful airport. Very nice. Um, probably nicer than LAX. Um, and I didn't notice anything creepy. Um, I will say, though, the people who you ask for information are not very friendly. So <laughs> I don't know if that has to do with any conspiracy theory or not. So, yeah, that was pretty much the conspiracy theory of uh, Denver Airport. Um, anyways, is there anything you want to add, Mr. Marty? Um, no, other than, you know, just look, just look for our future reviews, like, for movies from, like, Netflix and Hulu, since, you know, movie theaters are closed. Yeah, pretty much, and I mean, we're gonna be adding the whole conspiracy theory. We might be adding more topics later on, um, maybe some crime, um, topics, we're not sure yet, but, I mean, we're trying to... You know, see what, what happens, you know, with this whole situation. But don't worry. We'll still be trying. We're going to try to be more on our um, releasing our um, episodes more um, current. Yes. But just give us some time. We're, you know, we're getting adjusted to this again. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah. Um, so we'll be watching everything from, you know, series like horror series that they have on hulu like for instance in the um dark um anything that we can find on prime and then as well anything on netflix but thank you guys for listening to us and keeping up with us um, you, can, you can find us on twitter and instagram on at what nightmares are made of and you can find me at everyone's favorite goreham on instagram and you can find Teresa at capture in time underscore. Um, and we will keep you guys updated on anything also on our Twitter. Don't forget you guys to follow us on there. And thank you for listening. Our episodes will we'll try to be posting them at least once a month or once every two weeks or so, depending on how busy we get doing nothing. No, I'm kidding. Um, just you know, it's gonna be kind of slow because not a lot of um Things are going on right now. Yeah, and not a lot. Like, Netflix is releasing their horror movies, but they're, like, not very quickly. So it's taking us some time to see. But we will be reviewing, like, older movies, etc. like that. So keep staying in tune. Listen to us. Follow us. And thank you guys for everything. We will see you guys later. Good night. And most of all, stay safe. Have a good night, everyone. And let the horror begin in your nightmares. Bye.